0: I'm Brian Hyde. This is Rolling Stone Music Now. The year is more than halfway over, so today we're going to take a look at some of the best albums of 2023 so far. To get a comprehensive list, check out our website, which has a really massive selection of albums, as well as an entire separate list of the best songs of the year so far. We're focusing mostly, but not exclusively, on stuff you may not have heard already this year, bringing you selections from Rolling Stone's Manca Kante and from another one of the list's main contributors, Maura Johnston who's a writer and editor based in Boston and teaches at Boston College. First up, I have Monkapur with me, and we're gonna start by talking about the new album from Janelle Monáe, who Mankapur wrote a great cover story about that you should definitely check out. But Janelle Monáe's new album is called The Age of Pleasure. It's a very different album for her in some ways. For one thing, it appears to break away from this complex fictional narrative that had previously sort of encased her albums.
1: She actually asked me when we were together as I was reporting the cover story cuz she was like in the beginning of putting visuals together. Later, Lipstick Lover would come out, which was shot at the same compound where I was speaking to her. It's like a big beautiful, like sprawling, like home-like campus in LA called Wonderland West for her like Art Society label. And it has this pristine pool in the middle. And it's where she's thrown all these parties. And the album, The Age of Pleasure, is inspired by her appreciating these parties that she's been throwing since essentially lockdown began in 2020. They've represented this like freedom and like true sense of her being, I think, comfortable in her own skin, which, of course, has been like a big part of this album narrative. Right. She's been topless for a lot of this rollout. And she asked me while we were talking for her interview at Wonderland West, what do you think like the visuals for this should be like? I think just out of curiosity and less like advice. And I was like, I don't know that you need them because like on her previous albums, like you've alluded to, there's this whole sci-fi narrative um, of rebellion and otherness that links her previous works together. And even Dirty Computer may or may not exist in the same world, but does a similar type of storytelling. And I was just like, I think that what people do to this album, I think the memories they create for themselves, the aesthetics they create for themselves, I think really tell the story. And she ended up releasing a video for Lipstick Lover. Second single from the album, After Float. That kind of was essentially just like one of the parties that she was having that looked just like one of the parties. I love that this album breaks away so much from this world building we know that she's an, an expert at. It's fun. It's very Black. I think Janelle has always straddled this like pop line. She's almost like a prince, right? Yeah, Whereas absolutely. the blackness is obviously a part of it, and it's it's so important to who this artist is. But what it doesn't necessarily sound like what black culture is uh, prominently known for at the time, right? Janelle raps so much more on this album than I think she mm. has in the past. There's Afrobeat. Ayun Kuti and his band perform on Float. There's a lot of different Caribbean vibes like reggae and dancehall. There's Amapiano from South Africa um and she said she the album is made that way because it reflects the people that she spends her time with the black diaspora is so deeply connected now in a way that you know being a first generation american of sierra leonean descent that i did not experience as a younger person and i think the album is like just a beautiful reflection of her living in the here and now rather than the future
0: which song is the would you call out the amapiano influence on
1: oh it's phenomenal it's a song that features dochi and it's Got so it. fun because it's like it's amapiano but it starts off very like house music like ballroom culture like yes. queer ballroom culture style like house music and then it blends in the signature and amapiano is what's called a log drum it's electronically programmed now the sound comes from like an african instrument but it's like key to all of the piano it rolls it's like very curt and when that starts to mesh with this other dance culture from the other side of the world it's it like blows my mind that they're happening together at the same time
0: i first listened to it on a long walk on a sunny day and it was really perfect for that it's a very sunny album and then you also you shouted out this song only have eyes for two which is the polyanthem of the decade, I think.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, like, I I can't think of another polyanthem. I'm sure they exist, but like this song, and the song, I love it because the message creeps in. So this song is, of course, like very, like lovers, like reggae influence. Like it's a very romantic sounding song. It has a slow beat. And the message starts off like just like a regular, like romantic kind of sexual thing. And then when you get to the hook, she says, I only have eyes for two. And I'm like, wait, huh? <laughs> and then it makes you re-listen <laughs> to what she said before. And, but it's so loving. And it's like, we, we got a sense of this from Dirty Computer, right? If you watch the film, Tessa Thompson plays one of her love interests, but there's also a man that plays a love interest and they all spend time together. And I think that even in a more recent interview than our cover story, she she was more open about it. She was like, I've been in polyamorous relationships and I enjoy them. And he, there was a song about it on my album. <laughs> when I talked to her, she was more in the space of, I really don't want to talk over the music. What people hear from it and take from it is what they get. But Janelle has never really been subtle.
0: She goes, because you're the one, you're the one, which could be just the kind of repetition that's yeah. in a pop song, but she actually is talking to two different
1: people. Yeah, Great. and it's so yeah. fun. I love that, like, I love that it's sly and then once you know, you really know, you roll it back and you're like, oh, I see what we're doing here. And I love, you know what, though? I love that even the way that the title is spelled, it's not only have eyes for two, like F-O-R-T-W-O, it's like the number 42. So it's like you have to, you really have to listen to the song. Yeah, to, to get where she's going.
0: And that's a direct Prince nod. Although Prince became a little conservative around this stuff later in his life, but I think even he late in his life would be like, OK, I got to give it up. That's the modern update of one of my edgy songs of the 80s. And I love that according to your cover story, she started working on this album or thinking about this album while she was on the set of Glass Onion. It's exactly how you want to believe a sort of multi hyphenate star works.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it fed into each other. I think that she was so inspired because mind you, that film was shot, I want to say in 2021, if I'm not mistaken. And so like things are just opening back up. Big productions are just opening back up. And she had been in her home (laughs) for most of the year. And she was, I think that like the creative energy of that set, like I talked to Ryan Johnson, the director of Glass, Onion and Knives Out. And he talked about like these murder mystery parties that the cast would have just together. And I think those things like that really invigorated her creative spirit. And I think that she just translated that to her own storytelling.
0: So let's go through some of the other albums and songs that you listed as among the best of the year so far. So Amore's Fountain Baby really enjoyed this. She has a really unique sound. I also think it's funny that l- people love on TikTok and stuff, everyone's speeding up songs that there's a whole generation that seems to prefer songs that are sped up over the originals. And mm-hmm. she sounds like she's sped up without being <laughs> sped up. So I think she's per- There's something about her, the register in which she sings and the pace at which it she has that vibe just naturally, which I kind of love.
1: Virtually no one is making anything to me that sounds like the bodies of work that Amore puts out.
0: If you listen to a co-star. Sky- think that's where i got the thought about the sped up thing like it's just it's really kind of glittery and rapid fire and unique like you said
1: her first album was the angel you don't know and it came out i want to say around 2020 and it was just mind blowing to me. Like I like to think of her as like Young Thug and like Janet Jackson, <laughs> if they had a musical child. I love that. She's Ghanaian, but grew up between New York and New Jersey and Atlanta, and you can hear all of that in her music and so much more. I got to hear it when she was working on it while I was reporting the Megan Thee Stallion cover, and even then w- there were so many different types of sounds on it, like. I could hear like South American influence, like Asian influences, like African influences, of course. And the final product, She it seems like she's really been like pulling it together over a long period of time. And the final product, like the songs are each so diverse, but they still are really cohesive. It feels like a lot of it feels like being on like the back of a motorcycle, like driving, like drifting, like racing through like Tokyo or something like that. Like with the, the lights and the danger, and like the luxury it's just it's she really is good at creating a feeling and she can do a lot of different types of a lot of different types of moods
0: it's futuristic at points
1: it hypes you up for the rest of the journey of the album
0: timeless tell me about this album
1: so timeless devito's album was nearly finished last summer we spoke to him at something in the water pharrell's music festival at dc last year and he was like, it's pretty much done. His his prior albums, like A Good Time and A Better Time, have a mix of like upcoming African talent, Afro pop stars, and also a lot of American hip hop and R&B stars. He's worked with Chris Brown, Nicki Minaj, Nas, etc. And so he was like, it's going to maybe be something like that or really like African music has taken it so far. And we definitely want to lean into that on this album, too and then a few months later one of his children his toddler son died in a really sad drowning at their home and so he redid the album even in the midst of that tragedy it's not somber it's not an album of mourning it's really one i think that like really i think celebrates life he has like a viral dance now to the lead single unavailable I'm on And I I thought that was just such a striking approach to making music after Loss. And it sounds incredible. I think it's really one of his best albums since A Good Time, I think that which came out in 2019.
0: Champion sound I'm pretty fond of.
1: Oh, yeah. And that song's been out for a while. There's been this mix of like Nigerian pop and I'm a piano that has become really popular. Ashake, I think, is like one of the like leaders of that movement. I think that DeVito and Focalistic ushered it in with Champion Sound, and it's so good. Like it's so good.
0: Call out some other favorite tracks if you can from that.
1: Oh yeah, Feel is really good. <laughs>
0: So the next album is by a producer rapper duo and it's one of my favorites on your list. Both the, the group name and the album name is Ketramine.
1: And so it's a collaboration between the DJ and producer Ketronata, who's had a huge breakthrough in the past couple of years, though like a lot of us have been seeing him at places like Afropunk for many years. Kei it was really excited, I think, about this partnership. Janelle had a Met Gala after party, and K. Trinata was the DJ, and him and Amine were just, like, in the back. And they were together playing some new cuts on the album before it got released, and they were just having the time of their lives.
0: Forever, which is the song that has Pharrell on it. It's one where, I, when I first heard it, I went back and listened to it four more times, because it's a really great pop
1: song in its yeah. way. Walk up in this bitch like stop, I say. Yeah. She over here talking about
2: not
1: there's a true synergy between them. And I also think it's brought out the best in Amine, who has been a pretty good rapper for a long time. Caroline first, like viral hit many years ago. But there's something so cool about him rapping here. There's something so effortless. It's a quick listen. It's good for, I think it would be really good for the drive. It'd be good for if you're throwing like a house party and you just want to put an album on front to back. I think this is the summer of that.
0: And Let's talk about Forward by Jordan Ward.
1: One of my favorite songs on it is called Fam Jam 4000. Jordan Ward um, is an incredible like, young R&B singer who got his start as a backup dancer. I think he's toured with people like Justin Bieber, but he released this album and he came by the Rolling Stone office to play it before it came out. And that's always like a fun situation because you're like, if I don't like this, you're going to see it on my face. <laughs> but um, he played it and I I just loved it a lot. I was I think I was surprised at every turn. I was surprised at the earnestness of it. Like the reason the album is called Forward is because his last name is Ward. And so in it's for him. It's also his fourth project. And he, it's about his family's like legacy. It's about being of his family in in a lot of different aspects and carrying that name on. On it, he says he's like one of the last children with the name. And so it's like up to him to move it forward.
0: Sizz's album sort of fell between the cracks of best of lists. We had to add it to retroactively to last year's best of album list because it came out so late in the year. And so what you put on this year's list is the remix to, I guess, yeah, it was the first single from the album, Kill Bill featuring Doja Cat. Then
1: you paused and in but that shot wasn't for her. Yes. So that came out this year. It's the same beat. It's just Doja puts an incredible verse on it in the beginning. And the funny thing about it is like Kill Bill, like the beat is real boom bap production. But you don't I don't think you always can hear that because SZA is doing her kind of like indie R&B girl singing over it about a relationship in which like it's over but she still wants the dude even though she probably shouldn't (laughs) and and doja takes the theme right the kill bill like i might kill my ex and really runs with it but like in a in a creeping like real like og hip-hop way so she sets this scene of like breaking into her ex's (laughs) House and accidentally killing his girlfriend and it reminds me a lot of she by Tyler the Creator that was like my first reference for it I like soft and to bites. I'm a down with that's right you'll be down on earth if this midnight, but, I'll be but I think that it's a throwback to like something that has existed in hip-hop for such a long time and she did it so intricately doja right now I think like with her new single attention is like, I'm a rapper. I can rap, and yes. I'm not. I don't need to do the wigs and the dancing and the pop. Like I can do anything, particularly this. I taste good, but I just had to redirect my cooking. I could have been an opener. I the booking. I all the comments am really Do you need this?" To... And I think that before that single that came out recently, Kill Bill, her Kill Bill remix, asserted that. But she's always been an incredible rapper. I think that's one of the reason her music works is because yes. lyrically she's really fucking cool. And I think I like her verse here better than any verse on Attention, actually. Yeah. yeah,
0: but this what you're absolutely right. That was the moment when people were like, "Oh, Doja's rapping, rapping now."
1: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And we sizzle <laughs> rap so much on SOS, yeah, right? So- it's these women who make great songs. Like one of the reasons they can make good songs is because they're smart and they can string words together and rhythm together in such a smart. Meticulous way, and that's what rap is.
0: Yeah, Beyonce did it. I mean, she she suddenly started rapping at one point in the last decade, and everyone's, oh, okay. And she turned out to be really good at it when she feels like it.
1: And yeah, the when she feels like it, I think, is like the theme here for all of them. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> when I feel like this, I'm gonna be better at, than your fave at it.
0: And we talked about Uncle Waffles at the end of last year. Tell me about this song that you put on the list.
1: Yeah, so Uncle Waffles was on our best Afro Pop songs of the year list. Rolling's first time Rolling Stone did it last year. And she was in the top 10 with a song called Tanzania. But this song that I have on the list for this year is called And the chorus repeats that a lot. She built her name like in her start in like the South African ama piano scene. Um, and she became like well-known like globally as an artist for these like viral videos of her DJing and dancing at the same time. Like spinning these incredible right. tracks helping break these tracks. But she's known for throwing or performing at these really fun parties where like people know the same dances and they're doing them in sync and she's leading them from behind the booth. And she, for this song, Kind of did that again. It has a viral dance that goes with it. So it's very, it's like in the realm of TikTok dances where you can do it in the frame of a vertical video. And I know it well now because it's like, this (laughs) song is so hot that if you're going to a party where you're expecting African music to play, like it's gonna be there. And it's like sharp and intense and dark. And she did, she played a boiler room set in Atlanta and I was lucky enough to go see it. And so me and my friends were like practicing the dance in the mirror, like watching TikTok compilations on YouTube, trying to get it down. And I think just like for that, just the fun of it, the community of it is like one of the reasons it's one of my favorite songs this year so far.
0: Next up is an incredibly danceable and catchy song. It's called Sibility and it's by Iris Starr.
1: yeah so iris star is a nigerian singer she is incredible and like we've been following her since her debut album 19 and dangerous we profiled her i profiled her in 2021 and she is just on it i I think about her as almost like she really puts the pop in afro pop because it's not afro beats that she's just doing she can do anything she has a song called Bridgerton that really sounds like one of the Bridgerton recreations of like an Ariana Grande song.
2: Saturday morning, a shot. My homies, like I'm in sauce. I'm to...
1: And she reminds me a lot of Ariana Grande. She mm. gives me like Afro pop Ariana Grande because she has an incredible voice, really powerful singing voice. Um, but she does, she's not always flexing it. She does what's best in like the service of the song. And like in this song, she samples this Congolese Suku singer, a Willow's coupe Bibamba, which is like African classic. Like, hey, 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 hey. If you grew up going to parties in like African communities, like really across the globe in like the nineties, early 2000s, like you definitely know this song. And so it's funny because like so much of that is happening in music, particularly hip hop, right? The sampling of classic songs that everyone knows that are not like that old, like from the 2000s, maybe 90s. But the flip, I think, and I think what people across genre, when they do this right, they make it their own. Um, And so she really does that here. Like it, it doesn't rely on the framework of that song for what makes it good. But, like, that amplifies what she's able to do herself. So she's rapping in between pigeon and different languages. There was, like, some debate on African Twitter about the, if she said anything important or if she's just mm. rapping for Ryman's sake. But, like, the attitude of it, like, it, even as someone who can't understand everything she's saying because of the language barrier, like, the attitude of it is incredible. Um And it's funny because the title is a made up word. So she calls herself the Sabi girl and Sabi in pidgin means like to know. And so it is like this air of like a know it all, like a confident girl, like a cool girl, just like essentially. And so like stability would then be the ability to Sabi. And so I just love that she never even says it in the song. She's just trademarking that as her thing. And then finally, something
0: that technically didn't qualify to be on the list, but I think it's a song we both like. And it didn't qualify because it's one of those songs that actually came out last year, but really started popping this year. And it's a song called ICU by Coco Jones. So it can't be on the official list, but this is a podcast, there's no rules. So, <laughs> something
2: about the way you just.
0: It's a really great throwback R&B song.
1: Oh, God. I love Coco Jones so much. Like, it is. And so Coco Jones, like Zendaya, like so many people, she's like a Disney girl. Like, she got her start there. She's currently on Bel Air, the, like, drama reimagining of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I believe she plays Hillary. But she has an incredible voice. Not just, uh, I'm an actor and I sing. (laughs) It really feels like she's a singer who acts. And and this song is, she's gotten so many firsts for it. Like she's breaking like different chart records in the R&B space. Radio plays it all the time. If you listen to any urban radio, it's always on. And I just, I'm so excited to have her. And I'm like, because I think that we're due for a big R&B like star of Gen Z. And I think that that could be her.
0: Thanks very much, as always, to Monka Bercante. Next up, we're going to be joined by Maura Johnson to talk about her picks for some of the best albums of 2023 so far. Maura, let's start with Carolyn Polachek. And the album is called Desire I Want to Turn Into You. And it is a really interesting, sort of left field pop album from. She's the former singer of Chairlift, who is now on her second album of her soul career.
2: And she is definitely somebody who knows her way around the pop world. She's written for Beyonce, she's collaborated with Charlie XCX, she's toured with Dua Lipa, but. On this album, she expands her idea of what pop is into this all-encompassing, really ambitious, really just cinematic world. She's just somebody who is constantly thinking of ways to build on the pop ideal and turn it into something that... The gleam that's usually on a pop song is maybe a little bit more uncanny, which I think is a response to the modern age and its overstimulation. I really loved the song Sunset.
0: Because every spiral brings me back into your again. So no regrets, you're my sunset,
2: re- which incorporates the guitar this guitar from Spanish guitarist Mark Lopez. It has this really nice tension that the guitar brings up and i also liked the song that was the collaboration with grimes actually which was fly to you which also brings dido into the mix 20 years after she was everywhere with her hook on stan And Butterfly Net is super beautiful, really gorgeous instrumentation, and it's a it's a lovely just ballad that shows off that she can also, in addition to making these brilliantly shiny pop worlds, she can also really sing.
0: After gone, I could hold on but still- yeah, Flatty was really good, and it's a. It's a nice team up of vocalists. It's good to remind oneself that Grimes is also a real person. And in addition yeah. to all these AI, it's like, oh, wait, she actually exists in, in flesh form. Interesting. Um, <laughs> and let's talk about Paramore. who have Paramore. Been, yeah. The album is This Is Why. And they've had this rapturously received arena tour. They've moved into something that's much less straight ahead rock. I think influenced by Haley Williams' solo albums and the kind of dancey stuff that she got into. It's more post punky I know you like this album.
2: I do. I mean, I love Paramore just in general. The turn that they've taken since their self-titled album a decade ago has just been right up my alley. Not that they weren't great before, but the last few records have just been, I think, better and better. And I I really appreciate how on Say Kamsah, she channels Florence Shaw of dry cleaning, because dry cleaning is just... Such a great band. Single year, I've aged 100. my social life, a chiropractic appointment. Sit still long enough. And I think that applying the sort of paramour ideal to this spikier, tenser music really brings out the their abilities with melody and also their abilities just as a musical unit. How they all play off each other in these really Fun, even though, even when they're singing about despair and tension, these ways that are very visceral. And now, also this wave of post-punk that's coming largely from the UK, but also from all over. That's definitely in their DNA now. And I feel like it's really cool to watch them because you know their first, like Misery Business, like is a huge song. It's massive. And to watch them like take a scalpel to that hugeness, but still retain that scale is really impressive.
0: Margo Price, I know you're particularly a fan of Margo's album.
2: Yeah, I really loved Stray's new record. I think that she's just such a great songwriter. She has just this really great ideal of country songwriting, but expanding on it. And I feel like she also, for this record, she has collaborations with Sharon Van Etten, and i think that there are a lot of little details on this album that show how she's constantly trying to evolve her sound like the song radio They're
1: never me Why do i feel so sick and tired, sick and tired.
2: the song time machine I want Those are all tracks that just have these little details that you that are headphone worthy, and then they branch out her musical universe. I like County Road a lot.
0: not you take me down this gravel out a
1: little way?
2: And then there's the collaboration with Lucius too, and anytime you call.
1: Skin feels like a
2: think
0: both her and Jason, not to pair them too much, but share this gift for writing songs that feel like they've been around forever.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's very true. And I think part of that is their roots in country because country songwriting is the bones are always solid. But I think that the ways in which they've spun off into their own directions from those ideals is really exciting.
0: There's a bunch of albums on our list that we've already covered on the podcast, sometimes with full episodes. We did a full episode on the Boy Genius album, which is absolutely essential. Incredible album. It's It really was an instant classic. Also, the Lana Del Rey album, There's a Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard, is really fantastic. that song A&W is one of the best songs of the year, and you should go back and listen to that episode, because, again, there's literally a whole episode about it. Jimmy
2: Jimmy up, Jimmy Jimmy Ride
0: But then there's also, I want to talk about one that we also did a whole episode about, which is Miley Cyrus's Endless Summer Vacation, because that's a really strong album, and I know you're a fan of it.
2: Yeah, I really liked that record a lot. This is her kind of latest reinvention of herself, which I think she's been doing, obviously. I think that making her a sort of split persona on Hannah Montana became a... Predictor for how her professional pop life would go, but I feel like one thing about *Endless Summer Vacation*—obviously, flowers was a complete phenomenon, right? But you see how her voice is such a malleable instrument, and it can be like this rocker chick bellow, but it can also get really. Tender and really cool, like cooing almost. I feel like I've one song that I've had in my head constantly since I reviewed this record, and I reviewed it back in what February is Handstand, mm. which is a collaboration with Harmony Kareen, the director. And I just feel like it's this really interesting bubbly, psychedelic, pop, sex jam, freak-out, and it's just really, it's just such an interesting thing with Miley keeping the pop at center, and keep, and because the vocal hook is this very kind of sinuous line, sing-songy almost, but it also has just this catchiness that I swear I can't get it out of my head, it's really something, so yeah, I really like Handstand, Muddy Feet is super good, that C is on that one.
1: With your muddy feet, I'm about to do somebody.
0: And I'm about to do somebody.
2: That's a really gnarly breakup song. And yeah, she does. She's, it's very varied, but it also, that's Miley, I think, in 2023. I think that she is doing things that you can never Expecting something from Miley Cyrus is always a mistake.
0: Totally. Yeah, it's a very strong album that bridges. The gap between a lot of the different things that she's done, totally.
2: Even like the dead pets record, right? right? That's where that's where handstand is adjacent to. And speaking of
0: bridging past work, Fall Out Boy released a really great album. So yeah. much for stardust, released in March, and I think the the advance hype on it made it seem like it was going to be a return to the pop punk glories of From Under the Cork Tree, but it's a little more complex than that. It's actually it has some of Infinity on High, which had these dance and pop elements added to it. And as well as the sort of unjustly maligned Folie a deux from 2008, it's just this ambitious rock appar- rock operatic sort of grasp at a masterpiece for Fall Boy.
2: I am probably the most prominent defender of Folie a deux out there. I think that it's a masterpiece, and I think that it was very just the victim of a lot of factors in the pop world at the time, but I feel like on this record they also sound really invigorated as a band. And I think that's something that they've put out good songs over the last 10 years, but I think that was something that was missing from a lot of their biggest tracks of the last decade. And Hold Me Like A Grudge has those like piston guitars that just make it even more biting. I really just I'm such a sucker for them and I think that the last track too it has that grandeur that that really outsized feel frost,
1: Life is just a game.
2: and I, I think that it's just so wonderful how it's really it is ambitious but I think that's always been falluple even and I think that's why even when they've had records that have, maybe miss the mark either commercially or critically, they're still doing their own thing and they're still really swinging for the fences no matter what.
0: Yeah, your point about sounding like a band again is well taken. I think that was what Joe Troman was pushing for, the Mm -hmm. band's guitarist, is to do it. They were making pop songs that were very successful but were studio confections and he wanted to sound like a band again. And my feeling was and I think I said this when I talked to him on the pod, if Olivia Rodrigo can have a pop punk hit, why can't Fall Boy have a pop punk hit? Totally. So I I think it made a lot of sense. And it does make me wish that a band like Coldplay, who hasn't sounded like a band in the studio for many years, would do an album where they sounded like a band.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think more bands. Not to be rockist, because pop music is great. But there are but there are reasons that certain bands as bands worked maroon 5 is another one you know maroon 5 i think i love those (laughs) records where they had the songs had a lot of syllables and the guitars were really like potent yeah
0: yeah i'll pass on that one but i do hear you but yeah it's a difficult thing to say without sounding raucous because it's not that at all it's more just like being true to the entity you are, if that's what you are, you should try at least sometimes doing that. If you're not that, there's no reason to do that. But that's more what it is. Totally. Um, Speaking of rockets, Foo Fighters have returned. Uh, Uh, Yes. But with the album, But Here We Are, and it's sort of you know, look, it was inevitable. There were only two things they could have done after the death of Taylor Hawkins. They could have broken up or they could have made a gigantic redemption, grief, triumph of life over death album.
2: This record, its I didn't know what to expect when I first put it on. And it's so just immediate in a way that brings to mind Best of You or ever long. And I feel like The Teacher, which is the 10-minute song near the end of the record that is dedicated to Dave Grohl's mom, who also passed away.
0: It's
2: just so, again, going back to the idea of ambition, it is this huge suite of emotions and racing guitars and just really fierce playing where it's like the emotions just have to come out because if they don't, there'll be an explosion. And then it's followed by Rest, which is just this really gorgeous song that it's a eulogy and it's just really beautiful and it grows into this cataclysm of emotion. And that's how the record ends, with just the cataclysm cutting out. And I feel like those two songs, the rest of the record is really great. And the song where Girl's Daughter Violet which is show me how, the sort of like shoegazy song that she has counterpoint vocals on is really great. Time, you know. Those last two tracks, they are, it's one of the best endings of a record that I've heard in a while. And it's it's awful that the cir- the circumstances that led to it are terrible and tragic, but the, the music is really great.
0: A little less well-known, but a really fun and enjoyably weird album is by this artist Gloom, and the album is main character.
2: Yeah, so Gloom was, a, was an artist that I just found while playlist surfing, and I think that... It's this woman, Molly Marlette, and it's this really just weird, grandiose pop album. It's called Main Character, so obviously it's going to have a little bit of main character syndrome as its central ideal. But I feel like it's just a really fun, out there pop record, the kind of thing that you would find. The CD would be in the discount bin at the Princeton Record Exchange for $1.99, and you'd take a flyer in it, and then you'd be like, what? This is amazing. Sean Lennon's on it. And one of my favorite tracks is actually a collaboration with Of Montreal called Wedding Cake Shop. Which is just fever dream all over the place. And it's super good.
0: And I think you wanted to talk about the new album by Fever Ray.
2: Fever Ray. Fever Ray, the project of Karine Dreiger, who I've been a fan of since they were in The weird indie rock band Honey is Cool, but they're probably better known as one half of the knife. And Fever Ray is their high concept solo project that uses lots of electronics, warps the vocals so that Dreiser can inhabit all of these different characters and just really complex yet danceable uses of synths. And I loved the song New Utensils, which has this really nice serpentine feel. and carbon dioxide, which is very punchy. Lucy,
1: the is pure
2: but it's just a really fun, yet brainy pop album, which is always a fun time thinking on the dance floor. So. I, full disclosure, I
0: found this album like a little slow, but it definitely had a vibe, and I know you really like it. Kali Uchis, Red Moon and Venus.
2: So Kali Uchis, this is her meditation on the idea of love in all its forms. She obviously is a big fan of R&B from the last couple of decades. There's a glimmering slow jam, there's Endlessly, which is was produced by dark child Rodney Jerkins. And that definitely recalls The Boy Is Mine, If You Had My Love. She also has a duet with her IRL boyfriend, Don Tolliver, which is fantasy. fantasy. And I feel like that they show off their chemistry in a really compelling way. And then there's I Wish You Roses, which I feel like is such a great song because it is this kind of it's a song about letting go, but it's a song about letting go in a healthy way. It's not rancorous. It's not go jump off a bridge or whatever. It's instead realizing that love in your life was important and the chapter that you experienced with someone, you know, is something that you can appreciate in the longer term. Well, I'm here. what i listened to yesterday that i really liked too was the peso pluma record oh tell me about that so peso pluma is one of the big success stories of this year he had ella baila solo which is the first regional mexican song to make the top 10 of the hot 100 and he just released his new album genesis and it's again blending traditional mexican music with the ideals of modern hip-hop and r&b there's a song on it called Luna. That's a really beautiful track.
1: Ah.
2: And I feel like I've only, I haven't had much time with it, but I, the spins that I've given it, I'm like, I need to listen to this more because I, and I feel like he's somebody who is also really putting, helping put Mexican music in the global pop conversation in a really compelling way. But he's also trying to lift up all of these other artists while he's doing it, which I think is really cool. Another record that I really have been into is by a band called An Attendant, and it's they're French. And they are a kind of indie pop band from France. They put out a record a couple of years ago. This year they put out Principia, which is just this really great jangle pop record, really great harmonies between for Shu and lead singer and band leader, Margot Bouchardon, And I just love them. The song Same Old Story is this fantastic, it deserves a black and white video. I don't know if it has one yet, but it's (laughs) very moody and taut. Really great. It's driven by this really tense bass line. I just... I really like it. It bridges the gap between post-punk and indie pop, which is a bridge that I love to walk on.
0: And that's our show. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, subscribe to Rolling Stone Music Now wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us five stars and a nice review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, because that's always appreciated. But as always, thanks for listening. And we will see you next week.